Okay, hey, this is G Love of G Love and Special Sauce, and uh, we're on the True Philadelphia podcast with my man Matt O'Donnell. We got the truth, we got the love, we got the dream, we won't give up. Even though he now lives with his family in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, the musician born as Garrett Dutton, but known worldwide as G-Love, is still through and through a true Philadelphian. He was born and raised in this town, and he spent hours on the streets playing to passersby, honing his blues and hip-hop sound that would become known as Philadelphonic. G-Love is back with his backing band Special Sauce to release The Juice, their ninth album. You're listening to the lead track, The Juice, which we'll play in full at the end of this podcast. G-Love was in town to perform at World Cafe Live in University City and had some spare time before his air check to join me and record this podcast interview. He talks about his present, his past, the new album, and we have a special surprise for him. G-Love, right now in the True Philadelphia podcast. You can feel it in the streets from your hands to your feet. Here with G Love, getting his coffee. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. You're uh, your public relations person. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, Matt? Great. Welcome back to Philadelphia. Thank you. It's, it's great. Like you never left. Yeah, except uh, just uh, a bunch of miles down the turnpike. <laughs> so we're in the WXPN studios, and you're doing a release party at the World Cafe Live. Uh, we're going to be talking to you about that, but first. Just a random question here. What is G-Love loving these days? Whoa, G-Love is loving, uh, well, I mean, I'm loving my family these days. And, uh, you know, actually, I know it sounds cliche, but I really am loving my new record. It's, um, you know, you work hard on these things for many years, and then um, you don't really know what's going to happen until you start getting it out there. And, of course... um, it's it's pretty cool because we're just kind of in the initial stages of doing press and radio and there's real favorable you know response to the record and you know I've done this a lot of times now in my career done record releases and you, know, you can kind of tell when you got a good one and people are giving a little love so yeah. I'm loving a new record <laughs> it's called the juice releasing in January of 2020 yeah. and I'm just going to read a quote that I found okay. from you uh, describing the I album <laughs> well you tell me you say it is something that could empower the folks who are out there fighting the good fight every day. That sounds like someone like that. who is from Philadelphia okay. saying that. Yeah, man. Rocky, man. <laughs> Boom. Uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, th- this record has uh, has kind of two sides to it. One's very kind of personal side about our family and our life. And then the other side is really kind of about our world and, you know, the atmosphere of of uh, where our you know society and our culture is at right now, and and I think uh, I was really trying to kind of spread a message, you know, spread a, a lot more love, bring a lot more love with this record, and um, and and kind of yeah, give some energy and a rallying cry to you know people out there in the trenches uh, trying to make this world a better place, you know. So you say you can tell this one's a good one. 
when you say that, is it because of people's reaction or you listening to it when the master is done? Oh, well, I mean, I like everything that I do. <laughs> you know, so I mean, modest. I mean, well, no, that's just personal preference. I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying I like it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like I, you know, typically when you, you know, when you're going through your own creative process, the writing, the recording and the mixing and everything, you know, you have to stay hyped and and you have to really love something to take it through all these phases right to get it just simply out of your room and and to your band is is a big one for instance but yeah um no it's 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 more just like you know people i don't know it's just a it's starting a small kind of like little wave it's like that starts with you know um people that don't usually compliment you being like Hey man, this this is actually really this is actually pretty good. <laughs> when they say actually, this that's when they actually, really mean it. This is actually pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. I listened to the lead track and it is just vintage G Love. It really right is. It's, it's it's fun. Yeah, know? it's fun. And then and then you got and then you have just kind of people come up to you unsolicited and say, "Hey man, I heard your new stuff and it's awesome and I love the videos and and then you're thinking, "Hmm, what's going on here?" You know, cuz you know, people if people didn't, you know, I didn't come up and ask you, hey, Matt, how do you like my new stuff, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, or, so it's, it's cool when people just come up. So, so yeah, that, that, that's that's pretty cool. So we, we got our fingers crossed, and I think we got something good. You know, we worked hard on it, and um, I guess we should talk about it. Keb Mo is, Keb Mo is a producer, yep. and that's kind of a huge part of the story. Keb Mo and I got signed in 1993 when I was 20, and he was my age. I'm 47, and um, we both together relaunched this record label called OK Records through the Epic Records, Sony Records umbrella. And it was um, OK Records was like a quote, you know, race um, records, meaning that they put out records of African Americans in the 30s, because of course in the 30s and well past that it music like everything else was segregated so there was these tiny little black stations and and so okay records which we relaunched actually released one of robert johnson's early recordings wow robert johnson you know the most kind of mysterious and famous of all the delta blues men the guy who did the pact with the devil that's right yeah <laughs> and of course eric clapton made his song crossroads famous yeah. and then there was the movie crossroads but um anyhow Keb and I kind of uh, re reconnected um, about five years ago for a tour, and, and then I asked him, you know, would you produce a record? And Actually, I said, Keb, you want to do a duet record? And he goes, gee, I already, I already shot my duet record load. I, d <laughs> I did. I did a Taj Mahal record. I did a Taj Mahal, Taj Mahal record, which they won, like, every award possible. But, sure. but, uh, but he said, hey, man, come down to Nashville, and... Um, we could do a couple, we could, you know, see what it's like to work together. And so that started the journey and uh, we started writing songs and, and we the, we did the whole record together. So it was, it was pretty unique like that. Like over the course of three years, I'd go down to Nashville and we would take two or four or five days and write some songs, make demos. And then, um, and Kev is very meticulous. He, um, you probably are too. I'm not. No? No. Actually, it's funny because we have the same birthday, October 3rd. So we're both Libras. 
So we can't make up our mind. Hey, Kev. That's the scales, right? They're yeah. Just this way and that way. Kev, you want Burger King or McDonald's today? I don't know, G. I love that. I love that flambroil taste, but but damn, Kev, the Big Mac's pretty good. Yeah, the Big Mac is pretty good. But damn, I know what you're saying about that flambroil taste, baby. That Impossible Whopper. You know, like we can't. It's impossible to get anything done when you can't even make a decision on a hamburger. That's right. But but he, he's like he's a really meticulous guy, and uh, so every note, every lyric, every where every piece of music was placed on every beat, every vocal performance, everything had to be purposeful, you know, for a reason, it had the right feeling behind it, it had to be correct musically. It was it was a essentially it was a master class in not only the blues but in music. So uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing the whole album. Uh, again, it's in January of 2020. I want to take you back, and you mentioned 1993. Let's go to 1994. That was okay. when your debut album was released, yeah. and it just really you know, exploded across the country, and it started you know, great things for you. What was it like that year you know, for you and for the band? I mean, what, did, what were your hopes and what were your, your plans? Right, so um, in 1994, right, the, in that spring, the record came out. So I will tell you this, it started off pretty rocky um, because we finished the record in 19, in December of 93. Okay. And so we had a one-month rental on this killer loft down in Old City, um, which at that time was still kind of... Not so great. Right, well, no, I mean, it was pretty cool, but it, it, was, it was just... People were starting to move to Old City, then Northern Liberties, sure. then Fishtown, yeah. blah, blah. So um, it was hip, you know what I mean? And um, so we had this loft, and the last night of our one-month lease was New Year's Eve. So this, and I was 20, we had the biggest New Year's Eve party that Philadelphia, that the inner-city kids of Philly had ever seen at that point. And people still talk about it now. And um, for me, it was the worst night of my life because it was actually my neighbor's apartment and we trashed it. I counted 869 cigarette burns in the carpet. So New Year's Day 1994 started off rocky with me um, standing at the corner of 2nd and Lombard in my robe trying to call steam cleaners to get this apartment clean. Did you actually count every single one? You said 869? No, we didn't. The owners did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how 94 started, but it finished better. But yeah, the record came out later that year, and Man, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I was a kid, and um, it was just like game on. You know, it was like we were street musicians, and then mm -hmm. in Boston, we played the bars. Nine months after we put the band together, we were down in Philadelphia recording. We got a record deal. Uh, we went from no, making no money to having a huge amount of money um, and signing to, you know, so essentially Sony Records, the biggest one of the biggest corporations in the world and um you know hitting and then like you know hitting the road in a van and in one van and just you know driving and then it just started and you know we haven't stopped driving since basically <laughs> so um but but it was it was a spin out for sure it was like you know like we probably did 250 shows that year in 94 yeah and um you know it was just like game on and and you know i mean i don't know how how we did it but uh and, and, and you know and, and then of course it, it became a and then on a more serious note like it became a lot there was a tremendous amount of pressure like all of a sudden you were invisible you went from being invisible to like people
pushing you out there. I'll never forget walking into the Tower Records on, on Broad on, Street on South Street. Okay, and um, you know this is where I grew up, and like walking into Tower Records and seeing like the whole front CD case, like you know, new release with my face on it, and I was like really insecure about the picture on the cover of the record, and I was you like, have, you should have picked it, right? I well, I I didn't, I I didn't pick that cover. Now I think it's a great classic record cover, but um, it's very at, candid. Yeah, at the time I I I was terribly embarrassed by it, and I was terribly embarrassed by walking into Tower Records off South Street and like seeing my face there. I walk right out. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of stuff like that, like, you know. Um, you know, it, it's it's a lot, and there was a lot of pressure, like you know, you know, having just putting yourself out there, and um, and then you know, and then once you put yourself out there, you get reaction, and some of it's a lot of love, and some of it's a lot of hate. So it was, uh, it was got a lot, a lot of love. G Love got a lot of love. We did get a lot of love, but it was also we got a lot of, you know, at the time, in the early you know early '90s, you know, things were different, and um, hip hop was still kind of in its cocoon. Before. Yo MTV Raps was still going on, right? Yeah, like hip-hop was a very much still like an African-American uh, art form about the African-American experience, and we were three white kids playing, you know, a garage, basically garage rock and roll and, and rapping. And so that in itself was spinning people out. And, um, and then also we were hailing the blues and... Um, that was another thing. How can a you know white kid from you know Society Hill in Philadelphia uh, play the blues? Like, what gives you the right? You know, what I mean, and then there was a lot of stuff like that. So it was, and then at the same time too, the shit was blowing up, but we didn't even know it because you know you so busy. You gave right? your head down and you're in a van, and you know you're sleeping in the bed next to your drummer. So it's not like we made. You know, it's not like we were like staying at the Ritz Carlton. It's like we were and driving around in a in a tour bus yet. Was anyone snoring? I I mean I probably was. I don't know. <laughs> you never know if you snore because you're asleep, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Unless you wake yourself up. <laughs> Listen, I have a surprise for you. I'm really looking forward to this. Okay. okay? So first of all, I have a gift for you. Oh, that's not the surprise. Okay. Hold on, I'm, I'm just gonna go get the gift. G-Love, this is your official Action News morning mug, all right? There you go. So what do you think? Uh, I think it's freaking awesome. Um, what's, I can't know. What, you know, everything takes... Action News tune again? Move closer to your world, my friend. No, but isn't... What's the, how does the melody on that? Dun, 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 Thank you. Everything tastes much better when you put it in that. I too. think I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, go pour it in there. Go. All right, cause I gotta get your your surprise. Okay. All right, all right. Here we go. Wow. This is gonna be great. What? All right. But first of all, uh, I gotta show you a picture, and I'm gonna post this on all my social media accounts. Okay. But take a look at this picture. I'm gonna show it to them over here first, okay. and then uh, there's the picture. Okay, GoPro camera sees that. You recognize yourself, right? Oh, yeah. The guy in that Hawaiian the shirt. Chef, my drummer, yeah. Is that you? That's, that's my brother, Sean. No way. My brother, Sean, 
was um, he ran your fan club for, no for Michigan really? or something like that. No way. Yes. So here's here's the surprise. Okay. <laughs> Got a guitar case here. This is Sean's what? guitar. Wow. That's it's, it's not a gift, but this he loved you so much wow. and still does that he bought the same guitar that you have. Explain what it is. Well, it's out of tune right now. But no, it's definitely out of tune. Wow, that's really cool. Um, I, I will say I wish it was a gift or for, or for sale. I would buy it right now. But um, It's a Crucianelli Elite, right? Yes. Yeah, so, um, right. So I had uh, bought this same guitar, not this guitar, but... A, the same color, too, same right? Color, Blue? Yeah. And, yeah, the same guitar uh, with some slight variations. But it was sitting in the window of Cambridge Music in Boston, um, and I went by, and I put, I saw it, how much is that doggy in the window? And I put, I had 25 bucks in my wallet. I put 25 bucks down on it, and then I came back with my Squire Telecaster that I had bought here in Philadelphia, 8th Street Music on Art Street, and traded that in, plus 100 another hundred bucks and so for 250 basically I got uh, this guitar and this guitar uh, really kind of kind of came the backbone for my guitar tone and my sound and I ran it through an Ampeg Rocket Reverb 2 amp um, and uh, you know it was uh, it was um, it was the sound and it had a look too so if you go if you do check out the first record cover You'll notice that the front of it is, is or the back of it rather is blue sparkle, which is actually a photo of this blue sparkle, right? And then on the inside, you can see what we call the mother of toilet seat, which is plastic mother of pearl. So he wants you to sign it. Can oh, you sign it? Oh no, no, no! I also see here the G Love. Oh yeah, and that's his. That's his cassette tape. So this is this is this is really cool too, because um, so this was. I got, this is not the original pressing, but this was, um, I, the first pressing was 250 copies and the stickers on it. And that was when I went to this, I had made this record and then I went to the recording dupe place in Revere, Mass, Revere, Massachusetts, which is pretty rough back in the day. And, um, and they said, well, what do you want to call it? And I said, uh, call it G-Love, oh yeah. And that was the first time I called myself G-Love. And so, you just came up with that out of nowhere, right? Yeah, I just came up with it on the spot. I was like, because I was going by Crazy G. And then I was. For Garrett, which yeah. is your real name. Yeah, so it was Crazy G. And then I was the foot stomping street side blues of Garrett Dutton. And then, um, yeah, so this was the first thing I called myself G Love. So, so, so the funny cool. thing is, is this is actually a cheap guitar. But it's not made anymore because I think it was an accordion, accordion company from Italy, okay. and they weren't selling accordions anymore, so they right. started making guitars. Right. And through serendipity, you got one of these, and then my brother got one, and he shipped it out to me just to have you sign That's it because cool. he's such a big fan. Um, so, yeah, man, th this is kind of the Italian answer to the Fender Jaguar. Yeah. And um, it's pretty cool because it has these... Those are pickups, right? Yeah, so these are pickups. So this is I would use the all setting. So that's all, right? That's all the pickups. And then you have treble, bass and treble, and then you have off. And it's a terrible design, if you care to know about it. It's just basically plastic nubs with a little connector on there. So 
with sweat and stuff, they get all corroded. So eventually we hardwired just to switch. But um, but they, they, these guitars are cool, and um, these pawn shop guitars have a lot of history, and they have a, a unique. They're all different. They're all like pretty unique instruments because of how they've been treated over the years, or and they're all weird designs, and they look really cool. And uh, yeah, I I used mine on the road for 20 years. Now it's kind of retired, but. <laughs> I'll sign it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to do it right now? Yeah, let's do it live on the podcast. I uh, think that should be a good color. On the front or on the back? I think back would be fine. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm going to let you think. This is really cool. My brother's going to be so happy. Oh, he'll be, I mean, I hope he wants it on the back. You yes. think he wants it on the back or you think he wants it on the front? Uh, the back is fine. Okay, okay. I think you have to go. One more question? Yeah, one more question. Um, so... Take us back to the street performing in Philadelphia. Why did you do it, and why did it end and you have to go to Boston? Okay. <laughs> so uh, Philadelphia was great. I, live, I grew up on 2nd and Pine, so right down by uh, South Street. So I grew up in the 70s, and um, it was such a vibrant culture around South Street, and tons of art, tons of music, tons of street musicians. There was jugglers. There was a guy that played the Mozart glass Mozart on the wine glasses. There was a puppeteer that had like a Jimi Hendrix and a Janis Joplin and Elton John puppets, and he would play Purple Haze and dance the mar you know, the puppet, the marionette. Um, and then there were street musicians. So it was natural. There, there, there was another guy who was like from a bygone era. Um, his name was Big Al, and he had no teeth. He's this old Irish guy or whatever, and or maybe he's Italian, but he'd sit on a milk crate. He'd play the spoons and play the harmonica. So when I was a kid, my dad was like, hey, give him a quarter, you know. Um, and so all these things were happening. So it was kind of when I started getting into my music, one night we just kind of, we just started going out on the street and playing. And then one night we, you know, we had like 20 bucks and change. And we are like 16. And we're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so then, you know, I got serious about it. And then uh, throughout high school, I would say, hey, to my guy, my guys, I'd say, hey, let's go play on the street. Oh, no, we're going to Mount Air. You know, there's a cake party in the woods. All right, well, I'm going to go sort of play on the street. So I got into it, and um, it was the first gig. But as I got serious about it, Philadelphia, it's technically illegal. Yes. Um, so you could and would oftentimes get asked to by the fine pol policemen of Philadelphia to evacuate the area. And so anyways... Um, I moved to Boston because in Boston you could do it with a permit, and it was kind of uh, a thing. But I will say I made a lot more money in Philadelphia. <laughs> I would make people are more generous here. I guess so. People are a little tight up there. <laughs> you have to do a sound check. Okay. Long live G Love and Special Sauce. Thanks so much for your time, G. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks everybody out there, and keep on rocking, baby. <laughs> I got chess. No more lies about this, no more lies about that No more ace up your sleeve, just lay your cards flat See how sleeps had a rough when the struggle is tough Bad news on the news every day, it's enough It's enough to make good people turn around and leave How about we march in the street, cause we raise our fists in the air Cause we do care, you say who cares, we do We got the juice, we got the love We got the drink Divided you 
to see through all these tears in our eyes So why do we cry when tears drop they stain Just like Cat Stevens, we ride a peace train Oh, let us be real, you must be insane in your brain Something's wrong, so you cannot remain We need positive change, we will not regress Power to the people, we must progress We got the juice, we got the love We got the dreams, we won't give up G-Love, best of luck with his new album, which was released on January 17th, 2020. My brother will be so happy to see his G-Love-style Crucianelli elite guitar sent back in one piece with G-Love's signature on the back. I'm Matt O'Donnell, and this is the True Philadelphia Podcast. True Philadelphia Podcast.